0: This is season four, episode nine of Drink Like a Lady, which is a podcast designed to get you, as a female leader, a seat at the bar and a seat in the boardroom. I'm joined by Kathy DeCherco Stewart, who is a business strategist. And in episode nine, we're talking about how to become a strategic thinker. And to be honest, Kathy, we've been focusing on this uh, theme pretty much the entire season, haven't we?
1: Yes, we have. And, you know, once again, it's really so critical to, to someone's future and to the sustainability of it. And what we find every time we look deeper into um, what is going on with entrepreneurs, organizational executives, we find that
0: strategy is a key to their success. hundred percent. So what we decided to do is offer you a list of questions that you can be asking yourself yeah. if you're thinking about how to become a strategic thinker. And we've actually transposed this on the spank story of success as a means of illustrating an answer to each of those questions. So the very first one, I forgot to put up my banner there. The very first one is to look for solutions not necessarily problems. And what I thought was interesting, I've heard Sarah Blakely speak a couple of times in person yeah. back, back in the early days before she really blew up. And she talked about the fact that she had built this prototype, these footless pantyhose, and she went around with her prototype seeing who could manufacture it. And she was startled to find that all the manufacturers were men. Yep. Yeah. And the other thing that she found is that they never actually tested the hosiery on actual people. They yeah. just created a little rubber cord. And that went into every single um, piece of hosiery and it didn't toggle for the bodies that it was supposed to be on. I did not know that knowing as much as I knew about Spanx. I did not know that
1: now it made a lot of sense when I got pregnant of why I couldn't wear pantyhose at some point. You know, Um, but also I think, you know, once again, it really illustrates that our audience, when we sell to our audience, um, they will get it. When we're even going to manufacture and men, they're like, "Uh, no, everything's cool. You know, so um, this is a fabulous story that we're going to discuss today.
0: Yeah. And her solution was that she actually measured and tested out the hosiery on her mom herself her friends um, because she really wanted to make sure that different sized consumers, her brand was going to be inclusive of all different sizes. And by the way, Kathy, every time I have like a bunch of carbs, my hosiery doesn't fit either. So I didn't have to be pregnant. (laughs) It's not just pregnancy. (laughs) (laughs) So the next one is to ruthlessly prioritize. And I think that this is something that I hear a lot of women really struggle because the overwhelm is real. But in the case of Sarah Blakely, in this case, she wasn't going to go door to door selling these fax machines as she did in her early days. Right. She knew she had to get into a department store. What she decided to do really
1: was, and, and you know, this is a great strategy, is to go for the best of the best, those that are influencers um, in terms of the stores and where other store brands and buyers would go and look for inspiration. So she went to Neiman Marcus, the Neiman mm-hmm. Marcus Group. And what slowly happened within a very short period of time is, She was um, put into all seven of their stores, which means that's that's a full roster of the stores. And that's really an accomplishment for uh, for individuals who are selling to the department
0: store business. And after that, Bergdorf's followed suit, Bloomingdale's followed suit. But there's a story about how she actually changed into the Spanx shapewear at the meeting with the buyer in the ladies room restroom with her so that she could see and prove the benefits of what she created
1: and And you know the the best part about it is that most of the um the women, having come from that world, most of the women were uh most of the buyers were women in the hosiery business. So what better way to say to them, "Try it on, figure it out," and they would immediately understand it is for them to get a package of spanks
0: and she also when she was pitching her product uh in the stores. She would ask her friends in the areas to come and ask a series of questions. So they seemed very eager supporters of the
1: products. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's really it's it's a it's a planting type of thing, but it's a really great idea because what happens is all of a sudden, really astute buyers will go to the the individuals on the floor and say, "What are you hearing? What are people saying?" That was that's in 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 lieu of also you know, the numbers, because sometimes the numbers, especially in hosiery is a little deceptive. We don't, we tend to buy hosiery and then we don't return it if it doesn't fit. Right. Mm -hmm. In this case, they could also see that, um, there was a lot of conversations going around on the floor.
0: And she spent time in the stores where her product lives that she noticed that all of the packaging, and we're going to get to that in a second. Packaging for hosiery was usually white, beige, and she decided to go a different direction, but in on the on the count of ruthlessly prioritizing she made sure that she got into department stores because that's where most women mm-hmm. seem to go to buy their hosiery and then the second priority was to make sure that celebrity star power got behind her product and this is where oprah comes in
1: that is really one of the key strategies of some of these really young brands they don't put a lot of money into advertising she did not until recently And what they do is they actually send product to celebrities hoping that, A, they wear it, B, they like it, and they promote it. Because the minute that um, the the broad market sees it on a celebrity, it becomes wildfire. And on Oprah, I mean, who better? I mean, that's where I learned about it. Who better (laughs) than Oprah to tell you that it's one of her favorite things?
0: And in hearing Sarah speak, she didn't even have a website before she went on Oprah. And all of a sudden, it was gangbusters. And so she had to quickly cobbled together a website in order to be able to meet the slosh of orders that were coming in. But I always thought that was interesting that she went on that show. She didn't even have a website. Well, I think,
1: you know, she, she's light on her feet. She thinks about it. She's, she did it all. She, even when we, I, you uh, talk about the patent, um, as well. She did her own patent. She couldn't find someone to, to do the patent who understood what she was doing. And she did it alone and then worked with another attorney to get that through.
0: Yeah. And that actually brings us to our next point when you're thinking about being a strategic thinker, which is that you've got to be willing to take risks. And yes. with the patent, it was that this idea of hers had become a real thing. It was something that had intellectual property that needed to be protected. And then this also brings us to her risk of packaging up all of her stuff in red when normally the hosiery that she saw in the department store was packaged up in colors of white and beige. So when you're looking at a a department store, the hosiery brands and the
1: fixtures under which they sit, what do you see? You see a sea of same, right? Mm -hmm. Her thought was there's no way this is going to stay out if she uses the same color palette that has been used in the past. So Mm -hmm. by switching it up, she used what I call the Coca-Cola red, you know, component of it, for what was great in drinks, Coca-Cola having that red color, she did the same thing with her packaging. And um, she, you know,
0: once again, it was another very strategic and smart move. And then we go on to the next point, which is to listen to and recruit other people's perspective. And she actually met Lori Ann Goldman, who went on to become her CEO when Lori was on maternity leave from Coca-Cola. Mm-hmm. And they met in a store, it was sixth, uh, Saks Fifth Avenue, they exchanged details, Goldman was actually looking for some kind of Spanx for herself, and that's when the relationship started, and Goldman went on to become the CEO of Spanx in 2002. But from what I understand, Sarah Blakely says that she really credits the um, Lori's sort of involvement in taking the business model from a startup to a global retailer. And what's
1: really key here is, and I I just had this conversation, I just taught my uh, mindset course up at Seton Hall on Monday, is that if you hire for attitude, you hire for vision. And what she did is she hired someone in you know, the, a, a packaging company, a packaging mm-hmm. industry, but she hired someone outside of the industry that could take her to the next level. Someone who could think past that traditional hosiery type of thought process. And, and you can see, I think, where the expansion of the number of products and the number of categories since um, Laura came on uh, as the CEO at that point really took off for her.
0: And Lori really thought about big vision, but started small, scaled fast, and she advised her team at Spanx to focus on product quality over profit margins, because you really only get to impress your customer once. And if you don't give as you promised, that really starts to undercut the brand. And you know that there's been a lot of knockoffs of Spanx. Mm -hmm. You see it at the off-price stores,
1: you see it at the, the, the mass retailers as well, but really... When you put on a Spanx and you you know that they're going to last forever, literally forever, um, you know that the quality is worth every part of the value that you're paying in that price. And
0: for folks, to so those who are just maybe joining us now, we're talking about how to be a strategic thinker and we're transposing a series of questions on the Spanx Uh, success story. And so the last point when you're thinking yourself about how to be strategic about your business is how can you free yourself from the execution? So just two weeks ago, you had mentioned, Kathy, that Sarah Blakely sold a majority stake in Spanx to the Blackstone Group for a nice uh, chunk of change. Yes, I I think she's quite comfortable. But you know what I think was really more exciting about her, her
1: selling was the fact that it wasn't about her. It was about everyone in her Her team, that she literally had a party. She had what we call the Oprah give give the car away party. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyone got a ticket anywhere in the world. And then they were given $10,000. So I think approximately 500 individuals were given that same gift and prize um, in terms of thanking them what they've done for Spanx.
0: Wow. All right. Well, rapid fire. If those points don't resonate with you, we have a second set of questions. Again, we're going to run through the the case study. But question number one, when you're thinking strategically, why should I care about this problem? She wanted footless shapewear. There was none on the market. They were only made by men. But the problem was that women... The number of women, when you look at the Census Bureau statistics, were on the rise. So there was going to be more consumers of hosiery very soon. And not only that, at that point in time, when she actually brought this to market, you had more women
1: going into the professional ends of the business world, and they wanted to look nice. And they needed that um, undergarment in order to make them feel successful as
0: well as look successful. And smooth out some of the lumps and bumps. I know that's why I wear shade for it. Absolutely. (laughs) Question number two, what does success look like? And in her mind, it was shapewear that was comfortable. It, in, it was inclusive of all body sizes and it was mass produced. It was available in the department store where women were already shopping.
1: And what's easy is that, you know, once again, there was a lot of this viral um, you know marketing that went on women to women you know people say it all the time you know i just was at a meeting and they were asking me about my makeup and i thought my makeup really but they thought it was great but it's the same thing how do you how do you make yourself look at what works for you and if someone says oh yeah i bought this other shapewear You got to get Spanx. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's really
0: how she built her business. So number one, why should I care about this problem? Number two, what does success look like? Number three is how might I solve this problem? And she, of course, made a prototype, found somebody to manufacture it. We don't know if the jury's out, if it was male or female that manufactured it, but started pitching department stores to carry it and also knew that she was going after a younger demographic.
1: Well, what was interesting, it was actually a man who who, uh, owned the factory down in the south, which is where most of the uh, hosiery was produced, and he brought home the idea to his two teenagers, Hmm. um, like 18, 19, and they were like, no, dad, you have to do this. And that's how that turned around for her. (laughs) Oh, wow. Talk about a young generation who understood it. That young generation
0: knew that it had to be produced. So she solved the problem by not taking failure to heart, really. She just kept going and pushed through all the no's because she knew her bigger yes and she knew her bigger why. She catered to a younger audience. She used packaging to appeal to that audience. And she also considered the price point. Should we talk about that for a second? You know, the price point for her was she really looked at the margins in terms of what it took to produce
1: um what it took to to get it out there and operationalize and she never short-circuited the fact that she couldn't sell it at a higher price point what happens is there's very few people who will compete at that top level price point because really a lot of the retailers go down to the lower price point and they take out all of the um all of the you know all of the assets that really make it so important. So she never veered off of that. And she has been hugely successful, as we well know, since uh, she just has about a billion dollars in her bank account.
0: I have a hard time spending t- money on pantyhose because it always rips. It's like it's already, you're buying into a tragedy every time you buy a pair of osiery.
1: You know, And what's interesting is, um, I just bought some slim fitting dresses at the end of the summer. And I went back, I have, My first Spanx from many, many years ago, and it's still as great as can be. And and I will say knock on wood, it does still fit. But what you see is once again, it's the quality we talked about. She absolutely maintained that quality and integrity in the product.
0: Question number four, how should I actually solve the problem? Which is that she got it into department stores. Didn't go off and create her own brick and mortar. She got it into a stream of of, of shopping that was already natural to most. And then the final thing is, how can I take action? And she took action in one of three ways. We talked about this. She appointed a former Coca-Cola exec who had already spent 10 years at the company and was able to transpose her knowledge. She used PR. Um, she thought that that word of mouth was going to be powerful, but she also needed to sink money into PR. And then the third thing was that she leaned on those celebrity endorsements. And what was
1: really important is, once again, at that period of time and even now, the whole TikTok, social media, those endorsements, that's where you're going to find the audience. And the audience you know, is very viral. She did a great job. I mean, and and if you talk to her, you listen to her, she's grateful for where she's she's been. She's grateful for where she's going. And and these are a lot of great, basic, basic business skills that even individuals who go to MBAs and, and great schools don't have as much as she have intuitively.
0: Awesome. All right, Kathy. Well, we're going to wrap it up here because I think that we've made our point on how to think strategically. And I really enjoyed this episode because I think we can all take some of these questions and transpose them into our own businesses. Now, you're a business strategist. If anyone wants to work with you, how do they get in touch with you? They can call me directly on my cell at 609-933-7600. And if you would like to get in touch with me, I have a leadership platform for women. I live, breathe, and eat leadership, more importantly, self-leadership. You can always get in touch with me at at joyadas.com. All right, Kathy, we'll see you next week for our final episode of this season. All right. Take care. Have a great week.